morning. Welcome to the Australian Early Finance Briefing for Friday the 6th of November. My name's Nick here in Melbourne, starting with the US and the enormous rally we saw in the NASDAQ yesterday, up almost 4%, whereas the Russell was barely moved at all. So a huge divergence there. We saw rallies in all the big sort of popular tech names, the Apples, Teslas, etc. And there's a lot of conjecture as to why this has happened. I ended yesterday's show saying, you, you know, this wasn't meant to happen. If there was a, a gridlocked outcome, then we should see you know, the markets react negatively. That hasn't happened. And there, yeah, there's certainly a few theories floating around as to why this is going on. One is the Democrats won't be able to launch the huge stimulus package. Therefore, the, the, the yield trade in the, in the bond market you know, we saw yields rising due to inflation fears at the sort of 10 year range and, and further. That won't happen, therefore we saw yields collapse yesterday in terms of the effect of, of that rates on pricing, cash flows from growth stock, obviously the, the valuation, you know, using a dividend discount model type approach increases the valuation of these growth stocks considerably. There's that theory one of the other main ones is this sort of technical thing, and that's the the fact that the market, which I think is more plausible, or certainly a bigger contributor, is the the market was very much hedged against a crash, and we saw that in the implied vol in the options market that soared up in this week up to November the fourth. Lots and lots of investors were hedging themselves against a collapse. Now, as that hasn't happened, a lot of these sort of put options and that that investors were buying and dealers were hedging by shorting stock has, has just got wound up. Those positions have been wound up. Therefore, the shorts are closing. Therefore, closing shorts means buying. And that means the short, you know, the short interest we've seen was at record highs prior to the election. That has dropped since. We've seen VIX collapse since, which once again plays into that thesis that people were just buying lots and lots of options, which obviously the more popular the options are, the higher the implied vol gets, the more expensive the options are. And, and so we're sort of seeing, you know, a, a once again, a melt up rather than anything else. And it's everyone yeah, closing these shorts, and it, it certainly seems to be that way in terms of the, the rapid shoot up. You know, a four percent rise in any sort of index is very rare. You know, a four percent drop is rare, but not as rare. And it seems more like you know you tip the the chart upside down, and it would look a bit more plausible. And moving back into Victoria, we've got a big battery announced yesterday. Lily D'Ambrosio, the state energy minister, announced a 300 to 450 megawatt hour battery being built near a substation in Geelong. That's over double the size of the one built in South Australia last year. Now this battery yeah, is in megawatt hours, three to 300 to 450 megawatt hours, as opposed to the way a lot of media quote battery capacity in megawatts, which is not something that you can measure a capacity, it's not a unit of capacity, that's a unit of throughput. So you have to add that time dimension in there. Now this has caused a bit of you know, 
uproar in, in the national energy market. The East Coast has a cohesive national energy grid, and you've still got this sort of odd play going on with the states being able to sort of slap on and do what they want, even though it will ha obviously have ramifications for everyone. So yeah, it does seem a little bit inconsistent, and once again, more constitutional issues that we see arising more and more in the Australian sort of environment these days. But it, it does sort of go against Angus Taylor, the Federal Energy Minister, who's, dare I say, probably supported heavily by the gas lobby and, and certainly you know, the, the Federal Government's COVID recovery commissions full of gas executives. You know, they want to put more gas peaking plants in and this battery essentially can match that. And, and as the chairman of Tesla, the global chair, Robin Denholm, who was an executive at Telstra in Melbourne, she's now yeah, the chair of Tesla, she said that this humongous battery installation would be the size of a gas turbine, essentially applying that watch out gas, oh, we're coming after you, and this is yeah, up there with it. Obviously, you know, 300 megawatt hours is, isn't a lot, you know, it's 300 megawatts for one hour, and that will you know, not mean it can run all night or anything like that, whereas a gas peaking plant obviously can. So it, it does have, you know, that sort of level of downside and people are arguing that this will cost a lot more. Angus Taylor indeed said, batteries are not a cost competitive option to replace gas and hydro as firming for renewables or coal as the provider of baseload power. Yeah, we know that. But it's certainly a promising sign and something that we'll see much more of as the prices of batteries keep collapsing and their life you know durability increasing hugely and moving back to the us now spac special purpose acquisition companies a topic we've covered a bit recently they've gone through an absolute boom this year they've according to bloomberg 166 spacs have been listed and there's been 61 billion US dollars raised, which comparing that to the entire SPAC issuance up until this year, that was only 72 billion. So they've almost doubled in total size just this year. Why is that? You know, they're typically a way to a quick buck. They always have performed well and investors love them. But what we're starting to see now is a few sort of cracks in that and Bloomberg's expecting that there'll be less issuance going forward. That's sort of three main reasons. One is sort of just too many of them, and there's not enough acquisition companies. So these SPACs are sort of looking around for you know, non-listed companies to buy, and there's just not enough of them there. First thing. Second thing is mutual funds and, and those sorts of things that have been buying into the SPACs have reached their sort of allocation limits. There's just so many that they can't buy anymore in their funds as, as a risk management measure. And then th thirdly is that they're just not yeah, performing strongly. So according to Bloomberg, 60% of the SPACs that listed, listed in October are trading below their offer price. So that sort of momentum effect may sort of deter investors getting into them going forward. And moving to the markets now, about 90 minutes before the US Open, the S&P futures are trading up over 1%. Looking like we'll see another bit of a melt up continue today in the US markets. Here in Australia, we have the RBA minutes released at 11.30 Eastern Daylight Time. Other than that, obviously the election results to look out for. That's your update for Friday. Have a great day.
This podcast is for investment professionals only and should not be relied upon by private investors. The podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. The values of investments can go up or down, so you may get back less than you initially invest.